0: SheQuest Podcast is heart-opening dialogues for self-identify women on a SheQuest. A movement moving forward, striving to live aware, bold, and whole. Welcome. Hi, West. Welcome to SheQuest Podcast. I'm your host, Estelle Thompson. What a time to be alive our hearts relentlessly attached with more turmoil, heaviness and crisis. I've always believed that anti-racist work is soul work. And lately I've been more than ever committed in unearthing some of my own unconscious biases and dismantling racism. Shadow work is a fundamental part of sheequaz, along with learning art and yoga tools to make you comfortable with discomforts. Therefore, this month we explore and dive deep in the magic of Black women's stories and spirituality. I wanted this series to be a flashlight into the invisible hashtag my she stories and amplify your voices and listen. Listen, listen to their important wisdom. Today, I'm so thrilled to have on the show Stephanie Bisseth. Uh, Stephanie is an African Nova Scotian born and raised in Cole Harbor, an occupational therapist currently working in mental health and addictions, lover of art, music, community, and living by the ocean a humble student in the practice of yoga, meditation and shadow work. And through this journey is finding her voice, getting loud about anti-Black racism. And on a personal level, I know Stephanie from workshops, she's attended of mine. She was the first buyer of my original Jardin Magique painting, coming on five years ago now, which she yeah. of, ah, I know. <laughs> And I will always remember, and perhaps you can tell me if you remember that too, Stephanie, but when you look at that painting, and you looked at me, and then you looked at the painting again, and then you looked at me with the most sparkliest eyes, and you said, I
1: see it, the magic, I see it. (laughs) Welcome, Stephanie. Oh, thank you so much, Asa. I'm so happy to be a part of the SheQuest family now. And I do remember that moment. Your piece immediately, like, spoke to me as soon as I came through the door. I'm pretty sure it was one of the things I saw. And I was like, Yep, yeah, that's coming home with me tonight. I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah. And I, it was such a big moment for me. And I, I've kind of, like, I've said this to you before in emails and stuff, but. Like, I remember this moment often, like, it was like, really like, uh, you know, when I think all the stuff I do is like, I just like, remember, like your eyes and look at me like there's
1: magic in it, just like to almost like a remembering. So I just, I just want to thank you for that. Oh, no, you're welcome. It has brought me so much joy. It's oh. hung up in my favorite room in my place. And it's just so colorful and bright. And I think such a wonderful representative of the magic and then of you yourself. It just shines through so amazingly.
0: Oh, my goodness. I have it. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So I'm just so happy to have you on the podcast. We need to, you know, really get into this conversation right now, this important conversation. And um, I asked the first questions. I asked all my guests, you know, because at SheQuest, we strive to live aware, bold, and whole. And I just asked, Stephanie, what makes you feel alive today? Wow.
1: Oh. Right now, it's being able to hug all of my favorite people. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Like, I am such a hugger, and that has been the biggest struggle of being around folks that I love and adore and being socially distanced for them, especially you know, in isolation for quite a few months now, that getting the green light, that I was able to hug like my friends and my loved ones was just so amazing yesterday. <laughs> very, very excited to, uh, to be able to do that. And yeah, it I felt think...
0: like a big freedom, didn't oh. it? <laughs> it's <laughs> like amazing. our hearts were lifted
1: somehow. Yes, exactly. I was uh, in um, a yoga class actually last night, and as I was leaving, and I was chatting with a friend on the sidewalk, and we had been going back and forth for a little bit, and then it just clicked into her. She's like, wait, we can hug now. And I said, oh, you're right. <laughs> so... <laughs> You <laughs> got to like embrace this even for that second, and you just forget about that that complete need for you know human contact and it was wonderful, so that yeah. just has set my soul on fire at the moment
0: oh totally, totally totally so before we dive deep, you know and talk about how soul work is anti racist work um i i want you, I just want you to tell us about yourself and your you know we call it your ever evolving she story. Yeah. Like your your cultural upbringing and like just who you are, what has led you to this moment? And I want to be transparent with everyone. I asked Stephanie. I read a post that she had written, and it just really moved me. And I it was so authentic and just so so I don't know. It was so simple and at the same time just so raw. Like it was just like this is what it is. Like and <laughs> and right away I just. I just wanted to know more and so can you give us just just tell us your story and perhaps you can refer to that post even like as you were writing it and
1: so i always say that i'm happy to i'm african nova scotian and i come from kind of like two collective worlds so my mother's side is my african nova scotian side i am sixth generation um, from her family. She grew up in a rural area. And then my dad's side, his family immigrated to Canada at the late 60s from Guyana, a small country in South America. And so I got this wonderful ways of like Canadian traditions mixed in with like um Amer- black American kind of cultural things from my mother. And then for my dad, I had this kind of Caribbean influenced family that was loud and we made amazing food and danced together all of the time at family gatherings and so between the two of them they kind of shaped my world in the fact that moving forward I always knew that it was just kind of like my blackness was special and it was something always mm-hmm. to be mindful of and to be proud of and then but in moving in that in my environment didn't always reflect that so they also prepared me in the fact that there was a set of rules that might necessarily always apply to me in the same way. Like, for instance, so I grew up in a neighborhood that majority of white people, um, middle class, I went to a school, I think like my junior high school had roughly about maybe between 600, 650 kids. And there was like between five and six black students at any time, I think through like my grades that I went through. So yeah. I certainly wasn't experienced like um, being reflected back in any kind of like my environment. And I didn't have a black teacher until I was in high school. I have yet to still have a black doctor at any point in time. I have yet to have, you know, like a black dentist, any of those kind of like other professions of pharmacists. I think of especially like working in healthcare kind of like reflected back to me. And I remember like my parents being like, you can do anything that you want, but understand as well that some of the things are going to be different from you, like you have to make sure that everything you're professionally dressed, you have to make sure that you, you know, come prepared and are well educated in everything you did. My dad was also a teacher and he, you know, really emphasized like education as, you know, the idea that knowledge is the one true thing that no one can ever take away from you. So using your education Mm -hmm. as a powerful tool. And it was kind of those moments where I'm like, I don't understand that, you know, my friends be mean just as anybody else. Like, why do I have to always constantly be worried about like making mistakes? But you come to realize that as like being a black person, you are not always just representing yourself. Uh We've been kind of been placed into this kind of bit of like a cage, almost to a certain standpoint that you carry everybody with you. So the idea of like you, like potentially I would think of like messing up in school could then potentially take away the opportunity from somebody else. And so it was always kind of bringing that idea along with me that I have to represent kind of like everybody as I move along. And so Mm -hmm. pursuing my education was always kind of a great passion for myself until it was this time to discover kind of like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And I had no idea. Um, And I kind of, flip-flopped around through university, kind of landed myself into doing event work. Uh, And I worked for the city, I worked for non-profit, and it was stuff that I liked, but it wasn't anything that I loved, and kind of, as a lot of things do, through grief is kind of what I discovered what I wanted to do, like, for the long term. So Mm -hmm. my grandmother passed seven years ago, and she was the absolute love of my life. Um, and she was in hospital for about two months before she passed. Beforehand, I had always kind of saw myself as a helper. And being in hospital with her almost daily, I became so incredibly comfortable being in that environment. Like, nursing staff didn't even have to bother. They or had already shown me in the cupboards where to get things, where to find the extra blanket, asking questions with, like, the dietary staff and with, like, housekeeping who were coming in. And I just kind of thought to myself, this is where I should be. I need to be going back to what I knew I wanted to be, and that was helping. And so through that is when I decided to go back to school and do my master's. And I know in my Instagram post, I also kind of alluded to that, and the fact that going back and doing that work was difficult. Through Dalhousie's health profession's policies, they have an affirmative action because they're realizing the lack of representation um, of diverse kind of like voices in the healthcare system, it doesn't really currently like reflect everyone in our community. So they have that policy in place. And it was something that I was proud to be like, I want you to know, you know, who you're representing if you're, if you're letting me in as a student. But I had fellow students when we kind of took a class about the socioeconomic impact, very clearly stating that they don't believe in affirmative action policies. They don't believe that, you know, people who are of like a different skin color were in Canada now, racism is, racism is kind of like over. Why do they still, you know, basically get to tick a box and kind of given a free pass to kind of come in? At the time, you know, not necessarily to toot my own horn, but I had worked really hard and my, you know, I was well qualified to be in the program with everybody else. I just wanted to let them know that they were bringing in a student who was going to represent a diverse population and but then i made it through my master's and it was actually really great because um through that instagram post i've also had a lot of people from my ot classes reached out and kind of talked about how their perspectives have shifted and and that's actually been really wonderful to hear um wow. yeah and going into work I know as well, it was going back to, again, about the idea of, you know, carrying everybody with you and then being worried again that I'm like, okay, if my classmates were thinking about that, are people that I work with thinking that I'm already only hired um, because of, like, the diversity piece. And then that created a world of anxiety for myself that became really difficult. To get through, yeah, there was definitely days where I'd wake up every morning and be in tears at the idea of going into work and like being so worried that if I wasn't perfect, if I wasn't you know making sure all my reports were perfect, if I wasn't you know creating you know the best experience for the clients that I work with in community, that I was worried that I was going to be you know not worthy and that that was going to create other problems for other people. But moving forward, I realized now it's like through a lot of my work, through oh gosh, like my, my meditation practice, I think has been. The biggest game changer in my life, Um, taking that time for that stillness Mm -hmm. and that time to reflect has really been able to move me forward and think about it from like a different perspective. And then that understanding as well that it's like I have to remember that I'm representing myself and doing the absolute best that I can. And sometimes that just has to be enough. And so, mm. working as an occupational therapist, I love it so much because the fact that our whole job is about supporting and enabling folks to live the best life that they can and do meaningful work. And so, especially working in mental health, you get to see like the gradual steps of like working towards like you know more meaningful employment and you know leisure activities. It's just like the simple things, because you've been just working on mindfulness. Um, with a lot of our folks too, just being able to kind of take that breath and that pause, um, for themselves to work on. It's been amazing and an evolving story of moving forward. And I think that's kind of like also the reason why I felt it was time to, to share my story, especially on Instagram, because I think most folks see kind of what was happening, especially with George Floyd and just think it was something that's only happening in America. That that kind of situation isn't taking place in Canada. And I was like, I think it's time to kind of like lift the veil a little bit. Cause I think a lot of my friends, we haven't really had a lot of conversations about race and color. And I think it was time to let people in and see a little bit more of kind of like the day-to-day struggles of what it really means to be a black person and all of the kind of biases and discrimination and everything that kind of accumulates and see the true impact of that.
0: I'm super proud to have partnered with Hippie, a Canadian skincare company and offering you 30% off all their products. I've been using Hippie, Groovy, Glow, Pore Hustler, and Jomo mask and I've completely fell in love with this not only natural clean but sulfate free alcohol-free, and did I say Canadian product? Hippie's mission is to simplify your skincare routine and bring practical, effective solutions to your moody skin. Their belief is that feeling beautiful in your own skin is a right, not a privilege. Hippie's offering SheQuest podcast listener 30% off with the coupon SheQuest30. Go to www.hippies. That's H I p-b-e-e-s.com and claim your 30 percent off any product in their shop today that's shequest 30 s-h-e-q-u-e-s-t 30. i'm really excited to bring this mindful and sustainable plant-based skincare in the shequest family enjoy glowing skin bye i first of all like just just thank you so much for just, just taking us through. And I, I think that's what pulled me into the post so much. It's like just your experience and you being so close to me in a way, like not that close, but like, just, I, you know, from, you know, what I know of you. And, um, and, you know, when you said, um, you know, most of the time I'm like the only black person and like, and I was thinking about like our, even my workshop, you know, like the Bloom Workshop, like you were the only Black person there, weren't you? Yes, I was. And it it happens in our backyard. Like Mm -hmm. it happens in Cole Harbor. Like it happens in Eastern Passage. It happens in Huffax. And, And I don't want to say your post was simple, but I was like, but this is like, this is my experience. And it shed such a big light on, to be honest, I never thought about the fact that in my workshops, there's, you know not a lot of black people yeah. like you know what I mean and um, and so I just want to thank you for that and I something you said too was like um I love that you said like it's time yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> I love that you know and at quest we talk a lot about like taking off our masks mm-hmm. and that post for me was really like Stephanie like kind of taking off yeah, I'm getting emotional, but like taking off your mask,
1: you know? Yeah. And I think that was always a, like worried about like um, everyone else's comfort level. And then realizing that I was like, no, it's time to maybe potentially make some folks uncomfortable so we can have some growth together.
0: Tell us for those who haven't read the post, and please do, uh, we will share your Instagram handle, but um, tell us about your little, not
1: your nephew, but your little uh, niece. Yes. So I think yeah. that was what it was. Cause like, I feel like, the Black Matters movement to me is like a true call to action.
0: That like that's what it means. Yeah, to you.
1: it's like the yes. whole idea of like it's a call to action and it's a call to action for everyone. And I think with that yeah. was with, with my piece in. So I wrote about. So my sister had come to me, and we'd have like the chat, and she had mentioned that my niece was kind of like upset, and my sister was you know complimenting her and telling her she was beautiful and you know like her skin is beautiful, and she kept saying no, and my sister was like why are you saying no when I tell you that your skin is beautiful? And she was just kind of like, no, well, I was told, you know, by this girl that, you know, my skin looks like mud. And so it's not, it's not beautiful. It's not nice. You know, she was upset that me. And she told me, yeah, that it looked like mud. And she could tell immediately, like, that it hurt her and that she was already kind of internalizing this idea that, oh, my skin is not beautiful. It's not good. It's, you know, it's less than. For myself, I just really thought, okay, this is a moment where I need to kind of speak up and, you know, really, yeah, put words to action in the idea that I do not want her to have the same experiences that I do. I want her to be able to move through her life knowing that she is worthy, knowing that no one is considering the fact that she's black, that means that she's less than. So I was kind of like, moving through with my post, I like mentioned that and then I also and then I was just like okay so here's one situation that she's going through and that's starting at the age of five already um uh,
0: and we're talking like this is like and this is 2020 yeah, exactly
1: right? yeah yeah
0: yeah so that that too like I feel like it's a like people are like oh, it doesn't happen like these days come on and it's like no it happens like today all
1: the time you know and I think that's what Everyone keeps thinking like, oh, no, we've progressed past this. This is not still going on. And I'm like, yes, it is. It's in little things all the time. And so that's the reason why I wanted to. It's like I'm showing, you know, the five-year-old version that I'm like, oh, because I know a lot of people would immediately maybe think like, oh, it could just be kids being kids. Like they weren't really thinking it through. But I'm like, this is kind of how it starts when we dismiss things really easily. And so I wanted to also show like, okay, so that's at five. Here's what the progression of that's going to look like. Um, yeah. in sharing my story, so talking about the first time that I was called like the N word, and then how I was still recently called that, um, like a few, like well, about six or so months ago. And then again, all of the little things that accumulate to that affect my day to day, the increasing anxieties of going into situations um, with folks where you're not really quite sure of your safety, um, and understanding mm-hmm. all of like the little tweaks that I make and I'm conscious of that I make to make sure. That I am, you know, taken seriously when I'm, you know, asking even just for simple things and services. Like, there was one piece that I didn't put in, but I still think of, like, even going shopping one time, being, like, very blatantly, like, followed around the store, knowing full well that it had everything to do with my race because no one else was being followed. The clerk wasn't literally watching me as I moved to an aisle. They moved to an aisle. It became very obvious. Yeah, and I really do not want that and I think it needs to be like brought to like the forefront for everyone to kind of create like better understanding and I thought this was like a wonderful way that uh, I just finished reading Glennon Doyle's Untamed which is an incredible book and she has uh, a chapter called Racist and she I thought just did a wonderful kind of very simple analogy that I like kind of gravitated grabbed onto I should say And it's the idea about the fact that racism is everywhere. It's like dust particles in the air that you breathe in all day long. And it's not until someone kind of sheds a light on it. Do you realize that it's in the air? And I was just like, this is my time to shed some light. I feel like it's, yeah, it's a collective call to action for everyone with the Black Lives Matter movement. And I feel like, and it's one of those things that so many people are kind of like, I'm not really sure what to do. And I'm like, no, I was like, whatever your instinct is basically kind of telling you, I said to move on, that's what you should be doing. Like moving forward for folks, things that are helpful is just like speaking up in the moment, which we all know is incredibly hard when they're faced with things that feel really uncomfortable and really difficult, especially when you haven't, you know, kind of had to put yourself in that situation before. And also kind of like doing the work of, educating yourself There are so many wonderful resources and I feel like articles that have been put out by a lot of black women at the moment um Rachel Cargill has been amazing I've just started following um Debbie Brown who does this amazing spiritual work um who's been talking about it as well as ways to kind of like educate yourself but then also working through that work and finding different ways to ground yourself as you do it and having compassion for yourself as well
0: yes all of the above all of the above yeah yeah I read the untamed too and I thought that paragraph was um I mean the the whole book it just came out
1: but it feels like a classic you know already yeah Yeah. there was lots of her chapters I feel like I was like I feel like you're writing this just to me (laughs) on the moment um yeah yeah about like able to just kind of like move forward and empower yourself and I think for me as well like that I take from her is the idea that I have to get comfortable with making other people uncomfortable versus myself. That's it. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's that's huge. That's that's an unlearning right yeah. there because that's not what we were we were taught, exactly. right?
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Like just something as simple, um, you know. I've had a few of these conversations now, and you know, I was thought that being a racist was like the bad, the worst thing, you know. So now you're like, we're all racist. And I'm like, but wait a minute, (laughs) that's that's wrong. I don't want to be a bad person. Yeah, and and it's like that unlearning, what we've been told about the power we hold as women and like the unlearning like about our bodies. Like, I'm just thinking about your little niece and like her her body, like her skin, you know, unlearning what she's been told. She's and like the same with like our beauties and her
1: voice you know is so big like it's so oppressed you yeah. know and um, that, yeah that immediate need to want to like always kind of play it small and I'm like no like we're moving past that thing and I and I understand where like the defensiveness comes from because I know for a lot of women it comes with the identity of being like we're we're nice we're kind like you said like I don't consider myself you know a racist racism is kind of like those like big actions we see that as being like you know white supremacy like we're seeing down in the states with kind of like you know the nationalists like you know marching in washington and seeing you know things like the kkk but it's yeah it's that idea of like white supremacy and all of the privileges that are there that are like not necessarily seen right away until you start to kind of scratch at it and then you're kind of like oh (laughs) and you start to have i think those like aha moments of like oh yeah you're right yes you know, I do get to kind of walk around in spaces and see people that look like me. I do get to have, you know, services done by folks who also look like me and may have a better understanding of kind of like what I'm going through and that black people don't get to have. This is kinda of off script, but are you are you tired? Yeah. I'm I'm doing better. I would say like that first week of June, by the time Saturday hit, I was kind of done. I remember like that Saturday. Just being like, reading someone's post, that was just like, all black folks, if you have the ability to do so, take the day off. And I remember being like, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I put the phone on silence and put it off to the side. And I think I'm just like, binged the show on Netflix, <laughs> ate all of the kind yes. of like goodies. Um, did some yoga that day and was just like, yeah, this is just going to be a day of rest for myself at the moment. And then I can start to, you know, tackle things again. Because it was one of those things where I never want to like ever deter anybody from showing like love and support, but things were coming in and the questions were coming all at like the same time. And I'm, you know, trying to make sure that I'm uh, being responsive to everybody. But by the time that was done, I was like, whoo, like (laughs) I'm a little depleted. And so now it's just kind of like setting some boundaries with that with moving forward and being like, okay, like, I will get back to you. I will consider your request. And then there's some of the days where I'm just kind of like, you know what? I appreciate the love and they know that I love them. And I'm just going to leave it at that for today.
0: It sounds like the black live movement has taught you so much
1: and influenced,
0: you know, your step in the world so much, you know? Yeah.
1: And I will say it was really, um, wonderful. I did go to, um, the vigil that they had, and it was, it was wonderful to see so many people come together and, and, you know, social distancing still, as we are in the time of the uh, pandemic, but it was just like, and everyone being a chance to have black voices get up and kind of share their story as well. And then understanding again, that, you know, the things that I've experienced really, like I'm not alone in, and that there's other folks who are also trying to lend their voice um, to the cause to create community and some understanding which was really wonderful
0: as well. Just veering a, a little bit, not mm-hmm. too much, but my awakenings <laughs> through, through all this. Um, and I love your take on it because I know you've talked about grief and about your grandmother, mm-hmm. but um, like my big aha. And I, and I had to be like, oh my God, how did I not but- know this before? <laughs> but it was, how, like I literally, and I, I mentioned this in another podcast, like I literally like woke up and like in like the middle of the night, I was like, <gasps> I was like, anti-racist work is like grief work. Yeah. <laughs> and I had, and like, as much as I had this aha, then I, I felt so just so sad that I didn't make the connection before. And now I'm kind of asking my question in, you know, the series of podcasts where do you believe? Cause I, I almost, mm-hmm. I'm almost, I was like, am I right? Like, I'm also just just second guess myself. Is this like really? Cause you know, I think it, I feel I'm a grief activist and like my own she yeah. story, but like, so do you believe grief has something to do with
1: unlearning raci- racism? Oh, absolutely. I think right now we're all in like a collective grief and the fact that yeah. we're trying to, you know, and we're, I think we're all like in different stages of it at the moment, but I think that we're all trying to kind of come to grips with things that have to change and like being able to let go of that. And I feel like that is kind of like the grieving process for a lot of people. I know for like Black people right now, we're in a collective grief where you see like the rioting where things have kind of boiled over and it's that mix of like sadness and that anger that's kind of come together that everyone's trying to, to you know, make the best out of the situation. And I think for other folks, it's also like, joining in and like realizing that it's like oh wow this is something that I have also you know benefited from but yeah knowing myself that I was like okay I have to now peel back the layers and like shedding that part of yourself I feel like is also great for it. and to own it as well is always the really difficult part of it yeah anti-racism is not uh kind of an easy process that it's like a one and done as they keep saying right now it's you know it's a movement not a moment and i think that folks coming together in their grief is honestly what is going to change everything
0: tell me how can white women help black women how can we be i know this word is thrown around the alley you know how can we be alleys like what how do you feel about this whole like just doing, you know, I feel like just staying your truth, like doing what's right, you know, as an action, you know, as a call to action. Is there, would you say more?
1: Yeah, I always think of, I go through the steps, it's like educating yourself is always, I think, like the big thing in the understanding of kind of, you know, the history of things and where things kind of come from. It's the, yeah. it's the having the, it's having the hard conversation. And it's not I not necessarily about race with other black women. I think it's having the hard conversations with even like family members and friends and bringing it up and having, you know, those talks about, yeah, anti-black racism and how do they see themselves like moving forward and creating that space to have that dialogue. I also mm-hmm. actually think of like calling the action to like have folks take a look around, like who is in your space and who are like who are doing your work. Is it a diverse group? Is it not? Like for myself, like I think of just how you noticed, like I was the only person in your Bloom workshop. But I think all the time, like I'm generally the kind of the only Black person in things like the yoga studio that I go to, which I love my, like, you know, love the instructor there who knows me by name. But I'm generally the only student who's in the studio. And then with instructors, I think of Nikki Martin, who I know you've spoken with who is I uh, actually haven't yeah I yeah, haven't had the pleasure of, of, of attending her class but she's really the only like person of color in Halifax that I know of who teaches yoga like I yeah. think it would be amazing if like a collective you know of women put together like a teacher training for like a black cohort of a yoga teachers Oh my yeah. God,
0: that would be so
1: like so. Yeah, like that would be amazing. Or do you go? Is it Shanti
0: the yoga studio? It's,
1: uh, I actually go to on the mat on Oxford Street. Oh
0: my God! Why don't you just ask
1: Tori? I know I should.
0: I've, yeah, no, seriously, like she's the yeah. best, and like yeah, she'd be so responsive to that, and uh she has major connection. That woman is like she's yeah, she's on the ball, and she'd be. Yeah, she'd be. I I bet you on the mat. You're you're we're we're calling yes. you out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's where we're headed. but I think yeah that that would be a wonderful thing to have, and then creating. Yes, it would. Yeah. Um, there's a
0: great little book, Stephanie. I uh, where is it? But it's the, like a it's a call to action for like yoga teachers and yoga studios. I'll send you a link after. But it's a beautiful written book, and it basically talks about the exact. Uh, issue you're talking about in yoga studios in general, and I, I think you, you'd love reading it. It's such a short read too. It's like you can read it in like two oh, hours. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. That's what I'm just thinking of yeah, this way of blending, you know, like your skills and your knowledge to you know bring more people to the table, which would be wonderful. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's what I just think about like of little kind of like actionable ways, or even in like the stuff that like you know that you create as well. I think of like I was looking up today in my um in my office and i have a calendar up by uh, my very good friend sarah duggan and about like women who create and she has all of these women of like different shades and and colors and i'm always just like right you know like and i know she's just kind of like painting her world and i'm like it's so wonderful to see all that i'm like i feel like you know i belong part of that like creative which is great and lovely to see reflected back.
0: Yes, I love Sarah Duggan. Her work is just mesmerizing. So good. So good. You mentioned med station, but um is there like what does doing internal work about uh racism looks for you? You know, I, I know you've mentioned, you know, like talking, conversation, but like as our own like in solitude, what what would you
1: do? Yeah, like for myself, my grinding work is definitely it's a- as i mentioned like the as you said the meditation it's doing yoga yeah. finding time on the mat and then journaling has been my next thing is like putting thoughts to paper and for my own grounding work it's really been learning unlearning, i should say some of my own kind of like racist tendencies like there's things that i had to unpack things about that i also thought about like my community that i had to work through as well like that worry about policing people and how they look and how i want to be like not considered you know that that stereotypical kind of like ghetto or like in my own mind like putting that down and not thinking again about the systems in place that keep that moving and so i've had to kind of like get quiet and dismantle that it's kind of like do what i see you know people on the street it's like am i also like a welcoming loving person you know to other my fellow black people Or am I also have that like condition thing, uh, that has been going on? Like I said, all that death that I've been breathing in that is telling me, you know, to beware, um, knowing perfectly well that I have lots of, you know, black men in my life that have told me the opposite of that. So it's been Mm -hmm. sitting down and like working through that, um, and journaling it out through prompts. I think of just trying to figure out. What can I be doing better? Like, what do I need to be having the conversations about? And as well as like, and then finding the time on the mat to just kind of like, let go of the stressors and like some of like the anxieties of day to day life. That it's just even like that simple, like 20 minutes of breath work. I feel like really changing and able, allow myself to ground down and really kind of connect with myself better. Because as I was saying, yeah, with that changeover, with like losing my grandmother, it always, like I said, um, with grief, puts things in a totally different perspective. You really do start to kind of, I think, gravitate towards more of what is really important to yourself.
0: Pausing this ever-expanding conversation to let you know that I've heard you loud and clear. Not everyone likes subscriptions and be tied up in memberships, and I totally get that. This month, you are finally able to partake in single-handed programs and workshops, originally only available through the Art and Yoga channel access. Finally, pick and choose the offering that's right for you, make a one-time investment, and access online for two months at a time. Visit EstelleThompson.com, that's E-S-T-E-L-L-E-T-H-O-M-S-O-M.com to check my a la carte art and yoga offerings and begin your journey into the ever-evolving, creative, and yogic lifestyle you've always wanted. You're welcome. Now back to our chat. And what you want to
1: bring to the world as you move forward. And I think I really wanted to make sure that I was bringing all of myself, like that I wasn't shying away from, you know, the blackness that I bring into the world that's different and that I represent myself fully as a black woman.
0: So powerful. <laughs> oh, everything. You're so well-spoken, Stephanie. <laughs> and so to ground yourself and say you mentioned um, breathing, like pranayamas, is there anything else that you that you do? Uh, you mentioned journaling, meditation, yoga. I know you love reading. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am a yeah, I am a big yeah big reader. I'm reading like all of the books lately. <laughs> yeah. No, and I was also thinking, also reconnecting back. That's when oh my gosh, thinking about it is finding ways back into nature. I have. For the first time I think in a good solid 10 years have gotten back on a bicycle and yeah yeah, have started kind of like um biking through like the trails again and actually take like that pathway that starts in sheer water like the Flyers Path and take it down to Lawrence Town Beach and back and it's wonderful and it's just this wonderful yeah this great time to just kind of be by yourself connect with the incredible greenery and the ocean and and just let everything go, which I think is wonderful. And I always come across, like, lovely people who are all out there with, like, smiles and, you know, happy to help if anything's going on because I am always feel like I'm fidgeting with my bike seat. Um, And so there's always (laughs) someone who is there just like, oh, do you need assistance? You have something going on. I'm like, thank you, fellow cycler, who seems to actually know what they're doing. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) I love that you mentioned nature because that's definitely, like, you know, reestablishing yourself in nature is healing, you know, healing, you know, grief we hold and like, it's just coming back to our kind of true, because we are nature, yeah. you know, we're, 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 yeah.
1: I love but, it. I love. So yeah, that's kind of like my thing and getting back to that. And then so also something like, so every year, I think probably since I turned 30, I picked something new to kind of learn this year. Yeah. I was like, okay. Like being completely inspired by like all of the lovelies in North Preston who are like getting out on surfboards and like this year. I was like, You're getting on a surfboard this summer. No. <laughs> yeah. Did you do it? Like, oh. Yeah. So I was like, I have like vacation coming up the beginning of July and I'm like, Yeah, I'm gonna book a spot at the surf school and uh and try it yeah,
0: out. Yeah, <laughs> surfing so hard. I really give it up to you. <laughs> So every year you learn something new. Yeah,
1: I've tried to, um, yeah, like I've taken ballet classes for a year. I learned to play the cello one year. Yeah, I've like traveled to a different destination that I hadn't been to before. Yeah, so I try to pick up something. Like I consider myself a jack of all trades, master of none. (laughs) and so yeah trying to get out and I think that's also another way that I you know I'm able to kind of like feed my soul and the the fact that I'm a lifelong learner so it's been great wow that's so inspiring to me
0: (laughs) Uh, I think last time I tried to pick up like try something new was like I don't know weaving
1: and (laughs) that but you tried it that's the main point you tried something
0: I did. And I mean I shouldn't say that. Like I have I just c- kind of stick around, you know, kind of what I I try new things but always in relation to like yoga or like dance, you know, like things that I already already know but Oh my God, that's amazing. I can't believe you have to post pictures of
1: yourself uh, oh, surfing. Absolutely. On I was going I think it's gonna be a lot of me like tumbling over the side, but I will have a smile on my face while I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, amazing.
0: Um, all right, so the last questions are kind of quick answers. Okay. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Do you have a favorite mantra? Oh, yeah. I
1: always think I go back to Rumi. What You Are Seeking is Seeking You. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh. That's what I always think of when you get that nudge that it's also pulling you into. How about a favorite
0: flower? Um,
1: for smell, I would say a lilac. For aesthetic, I'd say a rose. Ooh,
0: look at I never had some
1: of these.
0: All right. The favorite book you've read about anti-racism. Um, I know you have mentioned like Untamed, but... Um, I mean, that, I, mean I, don't, I wouldn't consider this an anti-racism, but would
1: you consider it or anti-racism? I would say, that like, um, in her book, she has different things that definitely are very kind of, like, eye-opening and understanding that lends itself very well to, like, yeah. anti-racism. But I would say the very first actual paper that I read was called White Privilege Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack by Peggy McIntosh, um, which is a really great essay that she wrote, uh, sadly, in 1988. Um, that's still very relevant to today i thought that was amazing and it was like eye-opening even to myself of all the things that i was just like oh i hadn't even thought of that which i thought was great and then i've also for myself just started reading um me and white supremacy by Layla saw which is kind of like she takes you through like a daily almost kind of like a workbook which each day she kind of poses like a new challenge of a way to look at it and i've had my friends who have also been reading it and saying that it's been really really good for them and then creating so much more um kind of understanding and also like compassion for themselves as they're working through this and they're like being brought towards like action and they feel like they've got some tangible things to work with so i think those would be my two recommendations of the of the best ones i've read so far
0: Great, and um, would uh, we'll have to link them up in the show yeah. notes. Is the essay you've read something like that we that can be linked? Yeah.
1: Oh, the essay is like a great one. I think it's one of those things where you just like kind of Google her name, and it like a PDF comes up right away, So we can totally put that in. What about a favorite podcast? Oh, I do listen to quite a few podcasts. I've been listening to a lot of Untangled, which is like a mindfulness podcast which is really nice. Oh, I, do, I never yeah. heard that one. Like, it's, it's just kind of, it's like different um, folks in speaking every day about like different things about limiting beliefs, just even things about like relationships to self about, yeah, it's like they'll do like a meditation some episodes. So it's been like a really good one to listen to. I also listen to Mark Groves a lot um, and his kind of idea about your relationship with others and your relationship to self and like how to move forward and I really kind of like his approach it's a very like no bullshit he just tells you exactly how it is which I appreciate
0: cool we'll have to link those uh, up to um okay uh how about yoga or running
1: oh yoga all the way although I do I do like running but I am very much need to have like the dangling carrot that I've signed up for like um like a race or something in order to get me out there. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, well now I've you know, I've signed up, I've registered, I've got to I've gotta actually show up on race day knowing what I'm doing. So that's usually my catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Book or Kindle? Oh book. Yeah. Book, yeah.
0: And tell us your favorite treat. Like it does it could be food, but it doesn't have to be or just a favorite
1: Favorite treat? Actually I will do a combined one. If I could get a sunset by the ocean eating ice cream, that is perfection. Ooh. <laughs> Perfection
0: sounds like it to me. I have one last question sure. for you, Stephanie. It's a loaded one, but I have much mm-hmm. faith. I have much faith. Um, knowing what you know about you know your story and what Black Lives Matters means to you, what do you wish for this new world we're creating? And I'm, I'm. It's a new question I'm asking on the podcast only because I really feel we're at the tipping point of something um, and we get to
1: craft kind of this new world, you know, moving forward. What do you wish? My wish for it, I think is just unity. That this call to action, this movement is truly what's going to bring us all together. I feel like we're yeah, at the brink of creating a world that is as close to, I think, as utopian as that we're ever going to get. Mm. And the idea of People really coming together and understanding each other's perspective and really kind of digging into the idea that, okay, this is not just, you know, like black people's work or indigenous people's work or people of color. This is, you know, this is everyone's work. And I feel like as well, like folks knowing this now is going to raise a completely different generation. Like, I would love to know that my niece in 10 years time is like, oh, That is the only incident anyone ever said anything about my skin. You know, like Mm -hmm. folks understand what's going on. Like, I don't worry about when I go into a job interview. I know 100% that, you know, I'm looked at based on my merits. Or people now have a better understanding of the systems in place that may be affecting me. So there's more understanding there when I come to the table. And, yeah, Mm -hmm. I really just think I'm really hopeful that we're creating a more unified way to be way more unified way of living together. And I'm hoping it brings more people together. Like, I love the idea of, you know, when people are walking in the room, they're not the only person there because, you know, a black person was worried about like their safety, so they didn't come in. I want it to be normal when you see, you know, folks, see you know, a family out on like a hiking trail out in the woods, you wouldn't think twice of it as opposed to thinking maybe all that people well, I haven't seen that before. I'm really hoping mm-hmm. that everyone starts to feel safe in all spaces. That's
0: what I hope
1: for. <laughs> mm, yeah,
0: you are such an uplifter. <laughs> you're so sparkly, like inside out. And I just love speaking with you. And I really value the time that you took to tell your story. Really important. And you're just so well spoken. And I'm I'm just so grateful
1: for you, oh, Stephanie. No, thank you for thank being you. here. I appreciate you. Like reaching out and, and giving a platform to share these stories. So wonderful. And then also in a in a great space, like I love being around you. Your energy is infectious. I still actually, funny, I will tell this very quick story about you. I think it was just after I had bought your painting and you had set up at a market at Spinook. And I was coming in with a friend and I was like, oh, Estelle is here. And we were getting close to the table. I was just like, I'm not sure if she'll remember me. I said, but, um, she's wonderful and she makes amazing art. And then I came around the corner and you saw me and you immediately just threw your arms out and gave me the biggest hug. And I was like, oh, okay. She does remember who I am. This is wonderful. Oh my god are you kidding me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how can I forget
0: the first person yeah. who's ever like <laughs> <on> my work <laughs> in a
1: gallery <laughs> I, rem- I think I remember that yeah. too uh that was forever yeah. ago too. I yeah. was like I know so yeah um, so I am yeah happy yeah happy to support all things you do I'm yeah I'm gonna bring some more people out to your to your uh to your workshops because they are they're wonderful and he's yeah. you know, like it just Great right way to like tap into your creativity. I love that you're always just like, everyone is creative. Everyone has the ability to express themselves. I like drill I it in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephanie, where, how, where can we find you? And how can we support you? I know, I would say I am on Instagram. So we can, we can like my, uh, my profile there as well. But then I think even for myself, just to support me, I would actually ask, Folks, to check out Instagram of Game Changers 902 is their handle, and they're a collective of three folks who are doing incredible work that are um, working together as like a collective of like different people from different areas, from like you know art to business to you know kind of like social justice, and are hoping to bring together a collective. And I really want to support them to be um, to be successful in coming up with a game plan for our city. To move forward in this Black Lives Matter moment, so that's what I'm. You got here. it.
0: We'll put all that. We'll put all that in the show notes, so it'll be just so easy to find, and everyone will be able to support that and go follow you and all, all the goodness. Um, that's all the time we have. I hope to see you soon, yes. Stephanie.
1: Have fun. <laughs> <sitting>. <laughs> Thank you. Look, I'll make sure the post. I'll make sure the pictures are up for sure. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Namaste. Thank you. Namaste. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.